what we're creating is the illusion, is a greater illusion of intelligence. Hello and welcome to this edition of the Black Line Podcast. Mike, it's been a long time. Yeah, I guess, uh, what, two weeks? No, I think it's been a long time for you. I think I think it's been like uh, three weeks since we did our last uh, since since we last black lined. Yeah, funny how uh, how how time just flies by. Time flies, man. That's uh, that's the subject of uh, of the sale of an upcoming episode of the Sales Genius Podcast. Ah, why do one podcast when you can do two? Exactly. Have you listened to the Sales Genius Podcast yet? Uh, I have. Good, 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 good stuff. Good content. Every now and then, every now and then, a little bit, a little bit different than what we're doing. Every here. now and then, you have a good idea, Doug. Every now and then. You know, you know the key to having good ideas. Huh? The secret to having good ideas is have an insane number of really shitty ideas. And then every once in a while, it just hits you. You just, you know, every once in a while, something comes out, and what you do is you watch people's faces, right? Because you learn. You learn that you can't tell whether or not your idea is good or not. So, cause you think every idea is good, right? Yep. So I used to fall, you know, I would fall in love with every idea. Then I would just, so now I just kind of share an idea and I look at somebody's face and I'm and like the more it's funny, like if I'm speaking and I'm sharing something new, it's like, especially if something new comes to mind. If, if like the front row has a disproportionate influence on, on our thought process, because if their heads start nodding, I'm like, Hey, I think I'm onto something. I think I'll just keep going until uh, until they kind of get until I lose them a little bit. Right. Yeah. Once their eyes start getting glossed over and they're like they start looking up and to the left or the right or whatever. And uh, so, anyways, that's the key, right? Just have a lot of really crappy. Speaking ideas. speaking of speaking, you just got back from the uh, marketing AI conference. I think you were a uh, speaker, and we exchanged some some text messages prior to, uh, or, you know, to hear how the event was going. I, I, I've got to admit there's a little bit of FOMO, uh, happening that I wasn't able to, uh, to attend. And, uh, sounds like Paul Roser and his team put on a, a fantastic event and got lots of coverage in Twitter. And uh, I will look forward to attending next year. I'll so let's, you, let's, let's hear about it. How they was did, it? They did. Uh, they, they were great. They, they did it. Um, you know, I, t- I told him at the end, I said, uh, you know, to, to say to you guys that for a first conference, this is really good, would be, um, would would be doing you an injustice. Because if this was the eighth conference that you've done, like if this were the eighth annual marketing A conference, they did a great job. Um, I mean, yeah, this was their this was their first go around at it, and I I I just can't believe how many you know the 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 lineup of speakers that they got, the venue, the, I mean, I, I just can't even imagine how much energy, um, energy went into, uh, to, to kind of building up the audience and, 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 and building up the lineup of speakers that they had. So, and again, that's where the FOMO, FOMO came. So, so, so uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the conference in a second, but it was funny because there's a non AI lesson that I, that I got from this. I mean, first off, you know, Paul started, um, going to conferences with a different mindset about a little bit more than a year ago, right? Cause he knew he was going to put this on. Um, and he told me, he said, you know, Doug, the, 
the thing of it was like, he's like, I, I was responsible for getting speakers, for getting sponsors, for, for doing that. He said, but, but I, I just had a great ops team. It's like, you know, I, in putting this together, I learned, he said, I never really had, you know, as much of an understanding of just how much the ops team, um, and, and, you know, they had planned everything. They had, they had contingency plans and it just, um, the, uh, you know, now you, the thing that'll be, that'll, that'll be interesting is as the conference gets bigger and bigger, you, you'll managing the flow issues become harder and harder, but yeah. you know, there were 300 people there, which is a, you know, which is a nice size um, group. And uh, I mean, they did, a, I mean, they just did a great job all the way around, um, including, you know, candidly, it, it had some of the, uh, the best, most insightful uh, speakers, a lot of, a lot of very content rich, no bullshit. Um, you know, it's funny. And, and I, I think I shared this with you uh, before, you, you know, you, if, if you go to inbound or, or Dreamforce, or you go to some established, whatever the thing is, it's an established discipline. Um, you know, you'll typically have some level of academic who speaks at those types of things. And you'll have some level of, of practitioner that speaks. And, and so like, if you go to an inbound or, you know, an established, um, thing, the, the academics come at you and it's like all theory, right? It, it, yeah. it might be interesting, but, but you're sitting there and, and almost as, uh, you know, almost as much as anything, you're, you're like, I, I'm not sure if this is true. And, and if it were true, you know, or, you know, like, yeah, yeah, you know, it's like uh, the scene with, uh, with Roddy Dangerfield in Back to School, where, where, you know, the first day and that guy's like, well, how do you, you know, how do you, how would you allocate your resources to open the factory? And Dangerfield says, professor, what are you talking about? You haven't, you haven't counted in the kickbacks. You got to buy off the, you know, the mob here, the union boss there. The, <laughs> right. You know, you know, that's, that's how you are. And, you know, and then the practitioners come up and, and you're like, yeah, there you go. There's, there's real solid meat there. Here, the academics, they were the ones speaking real. There was meat. There was no bullshit. It was, you know, what's really going on. And the practitioners would get up and they're all, you know, this is going to change the world. And they're, they're, the, they're the ones who throwing out the theories. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and, and they're, um, you're, you're, you're like listening to them and you're like, huh? And, and you've got, you've got um, the vendors that are there. And they're, of course, talking about how they're changing the world and, um, and this and that, and you're, and, and you're like, huh, wait, haven't, haven't we kind of, um, so, so I, I've come up with a theory that says, uh, the earlier the industry, like, so, so the earlier in, in its maturation, the industry, the, um, the more the academics speak the truth. Um, and then the more mature the industry, the more the practitioners speak the truth. So it's kind of like a, a really, um, yeah, that's a, that, that's a, very, very interesting takeaway. So, um, you know, and so, so getting to the conference and getting to the whole thing about marketing AI, you know, it's, it's funny, MarTech, I'm sorry, I have, um, apparently my, my uh, focusing gene is weak today. So we're going to, we're, we're going to be like, a, oh, there's a shiny penny. Hey, how about that? <laughs> you, you know, it's, it, it's funny because we, we, MarTech is, is, you know, that's the keyword right? That's the hashtag MarTech. And, and MarTech at one point was marketing technology, but, but really now MarTech is marketing and sales technology. And, and it's funny because sales technology preceded marketing technology by at least 20 years. 
right? I mean, sales technology goes back to, and I'm talking about like desktop sales technology. Goes yeah, back, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Back to right. DOS. I mean, I had, yep. I had ACT for DOS, right? I mean, I, I, I used to. you really aging yourself. Yeah, I mean, I had to. I, I had to install my first CRM on flop, you know, using floppy disk. And I'm not talking about the three and a half inch plastic disk. I'm talking about the five and a quarter floppies. Right. Um, so, you know, I mean, Salesforce automation goes back to the 1980s. We, they've been talking Salesforce automation for, holy cow, you know, 40 years, almost 40 years. Um, and so it's funny because we're talking. Look how far we've come. You know, and, and, and so what's interesting is that marketing, you know, in, in so many places where marketing and sales touch something, sales dominates the, the position, right? Even, even though marketing is yeah. responsible for, for messaging, you would think it'd be that. So it's just kind of interesting that, that you know, we're defining it as marketing AI. It, it, it's really customer acquisition, customer relationship AI. Um, and, and actually, if, if you look at where the most... Um, meaningful applications of, of AI are for, um, for organizations. It's actually existing customers. Right. So, um, yeah. so anyway, so, uh, the, the, um, so where were we, the marketing AI conference? Yeah, it was, it was good. <laughs> <laughs> what, were, what, was the, what was the subject? Uh, too, too, too much coffee today, Doug, or not at all? No, probably not enough. Let me uh, let, 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 let me impersonate Robert Mueller from the uh, from the hearings today. Can, can you repeat the question? Yeah. Uh, not sorry, not in my purview. Um, anyhow, all the all the politics geeks will uh, will, will laugh at that one. Um, so yeah, it, it it's it's fascinating. Oh, I remember what I was going to say. Now, I, I'm familiar with the whole Gartner height curve, et cetera. I, hype I cycle, yeah. Hype cycle. I don't know it intimately. I, I probably should understand it um, and, and remember the key things, but like there is just zero. I can't, I don't think there's, is there a higher level of, of hype cycle on the Gartner curve than where AI is right now? No, I think that's where we're at. I, am I wrong? And maybe it's just kind of, I think, and I think, I think we're going to be there for, well, I think we're going to be there for a while. No, I don't think we are. And I'll tell you why in a second, because it's actually, this is where the, where the hype, hype cycle makes a lot of sense. Um, but I do have a question, and it might be just because I'm closer to it. Has there been, like, did Gartner have to create a new level of their height, of the peak height, to cover the, where AI is on the hype cycle? Where, where, where the bullshit is on the, on right, the like, uh, I, I can't remember, I can't remember a, 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 a technology that gets talked about as much as AI gets talked about as if it were real when it, it, it kind of isn't. Um, so well, I, I mean, part of, part of that too is, I mean, you've got everybody from whether it's government organizations to large, or, you know, government to large organizations to some of the well, most well-known CEOs in the world making statements that, Things like data is the new oil or AI is the new, you know, it's the same thing. It's going to change the world just like fire and electricity did. You know, you've got all of these plus, things happening. Plus, you got another um, attribute to it that I don't think any other technology has had. Ethics. Nope. 
What? Because AI has no ethics. There was actually a panel on ethics, and it's pretty clear that AI doesn't have any ethics. Well, the people that are building it should have some more ethics. I didn't, I didn't intend that as um, Hollywood. Yeah. It fits so, I mean, you know, from Terminator to, I mean, you know, it, it, it fits so well into that, um, that, 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 that place. So the, oh, the reason that I, that I don't think we're going to be in the hype cycle for a super extended period of time, and this is actually going to be the unfortunate aspect of, of just how much hype there is, is uh, we're probably 12 to 18 months away from, from beginning to move precipitously down to wherever the, um, I don't think we'll be at the peak of cynicism, but we'll, we'll be well on our way to cynicism. The trough of illusionment. There you go. That's C. Um, and because, like, I, I mean, first off, even if even if the promise of AI were were closer to being real, the, the truth but is. What, but, but what? But that that is the question. What is the promise of AI? I mean, there's the applications are, are totally different. You know, they were saying by 2020 we were going to have completely autonomous cars, like. Do we have autonomous cars? Yes, but can I go buy one? No. Well, you know, so so the the argument there would be that um, that's not because of the technology, right? I mean, Elon Musk, who, who's not a pro AI guy, yeah, but Elon Musk would tell you right now we have autonomous cars. We just don't have the regulation that allows autonomous cars. Yeah, right. Um, and I, now I don't know enough to know. Um, how real that statement is from him, et cetera. But I, I, th I think the promise of AI is um, technology that makes you smarter. I think that's the promise. Mm -hmm. Is that is that fair? Yeah, no, I mean, but there's there's other components. I think that in an ideal world, that is the promise of AI. But there's but, also I mean, a lot of bad ways that it can be used as well. Sure, sure. But, but I'm saying, you know, it, the reason people are investing in AI, the reason businesses are- it, it, To make you smarter, 100%. I mean, smarter, so, so, more efficient, whatever it might be. So, so, so I mean, I go, go going back to the first basic class that I took, and I don't mean like a class that was basic. I mean a class on basic. Beginning beginners all purpose symbolic instruction code. Oh my god, I cannot believe I remember what uh, what basic stands for. Um, go, going back to that first lesson, I got taught that that the fundamental weakness of of software is garbage in, garbage out. Mm -hmm. And so the promise of AI is it's supposed to be the first technology that that doesn't that that won't apply to, that, that garbage in, garbage out, right? So I don't, I can give garbage in and it will, it will make diamonds out of my garbage. <laughs> or it'll just discard the, or it'll discard the garbage. Um, and so, so yeah, so, so I, you know, and in, in the presentation that I, that I made at the conference, one of the things I talked about is I said, look, make no mistake about this. This is still totally garbage in, garbage out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if you feed your your AI engine a bunch of crap, it's going to accelerate a bunch of crap. Um, and and so that I mean that, that that's the takeaway of of the conference, 
right? And, and, and the, I mean, the academics were just on fire about this because they talked about it with passion and belief and, and um, they would either follow up in, in their statements or they, they did some fireside chat um, um, approaches. So how are we coming on that, right? So like they would, they would paint the vision of what was possible and how something would work. And then, you know, so how are we coming on that? We, we haven't even begun to figure it out yet, right? Like we're not, I mean, there, there was one person like um, the, the woman who writes about AI for, um, for MIT Technology Review had, had a great slide about um, where, where people want to talk about where we are with AI and then like where we are. Like, right. Which is the game hasn't even, like if you want to talk about where are we in the AI game, like we're, we're not in the early innings. We're not even like the game hasn't started. The, the pitchers have, they haven't set the lineups yet. Um, Hell, they haven't even gone through the draft yet. That, you know, that, that's probably true too. That's probably true too. So, so, so you know what you have actually, um, I'm, I'm going to call it, I see, we got to find a different word than smart. Cause I was going to say where, where I think AI is right now, my, my takeaway from the conference is, um, I was going to say smart automation, but, but smart automation says something that, that, um, so what you can, I think how about better, how about better automation? No, it's not better, but it, you know but, what it well, is? That's true. You're right. It, it, it may not be better automation. What, what it is, is that we're closer to full automation. So, the 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 number one the number one through twenty application of marketing AI is we can eliminate the initiation of an automation process where just about every single automation process that I can think of we're either um, you know to, to fully automate it we're we're hardwiring it so so we're making it um, insanely stringent. Um, and, and, and so like the number one through 20 application of AI in, um, in marketing and sales is you tell us the keywords to look for or listen for, and we'll, we'll put it in the right bucket. We, right. I'm, I'm following so, it. So it, so it's, you know, a lot of people, you know, I mean, you know what the number one, you, you know what the number one application of AI is for everybody in, in terms of, in terms of actual use, it's, it's all this voice search, right? It's Siri, it's Alexa, it's, it's a low Google, right? I mean, that, that's, that's AI that like, that is the AI application that touches everybody. Um, and, and what you, what you had now is a thousand variations of that same play. So, um, you email me something. If, if I tell this engine what to look for in the email, it will look for it. And if it sees it, it will, um, it will then go, Oh, so, I need to respond in this way, or I need to react. I need to alert in this way, uh, whatever. And 
and and so it, you know it, it's funny because what so what we're doing with ai i'm actually thinking about um some conversations actually some stuff that brian bagdasarian used to talk to me about is beginning to make some sense um and uh what what we're basically doing is we're we're linguistic pro I mean, we're, we're we're linguistic programming we're teaching computers how to talk um as as opposed to we're teaching computers how to parakeet right so we used to we used to make computers parakeets right that that's what um that's what autoresponders were does that make sense is that yep. fair analogy right, right. <laughs> good 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 right. And and so like so the parakeet would talk, but but like there was no analysis whatsoever. So so now what we're doing is we're 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 basically teaching the computer um, how to do second grade diagram set, like how to diagram a sentence, right? Pick out a cat, pick out a cat out of a picture. Yep. And and so what we're creating is the illusion is a greater illusion of intelligence. Cause you know, a lot of people talk about the fact that we, we are decades, which means we're somewhere between three and forever years away um, from having actual intelligence in a computer defining intelligence as the intelligence of the one year. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and so the thing that's interesting is by the time your child talks, it is so far beyond the intelligence of any AI that exists today that it, it's not even funny, right? And, and so it, it looks smarter because when our kid can talk as clearly and confidently as the AI engine can, or can write a response as clearly and confidently as an AI can, they're probably 12, 13, 14 years old, right? Because when they're two, they can't, they can't communicate like the AI engine communicates but they're so much smart. They, they understand situations. They realize differences. They, they make yeah, it situational awareness differences. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and so for the most part, the, the, like, so one of the things that I, and I, I talked about it in the presentation and, and it's probably something I'm going to be talking about for at least the next year, which is fr from a, from a buyer's perspective, the problem is everyone's out there talking about AI like AI is machine learning or even deep learning, right? But we talk about it like it's thinking and it's adjusting and it's fixing itself and it's getting better and better. It's getting smarter and smarter on its own. Uh, when all it is, is natural language processing, right? And so it's, it's, you know, it's a really fancy keyword cluster, right? Or a bunch of, or a bunch of if then statements. <laughs> right with some keyword clusters that but, but, yeah they're, they're, they're right and and so um and so we're but but it, but that's being talked about like oh so what it does is it re like literally a company well known i'm not going to name it so well, well what what our ai engine does 
is, by the way, I, I need to find a new word for engine. I've used engine for a long time and, you know, it's going way down the, it's going to become pivot pretty soon. Um, what our AN engine does is it reads your email. It reads the email coming in from the person who sends it to you to understand what the intent was to do X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. And so you go, oh, it reads the email. So it reads the email. It, then it, then it, we infer, then it thinks about the email. Then, then it thinks, right, right. It doesn't do any of that. It doesn't even read the email. It goes, oh, there's a yes in there. Um, and, and there's a meeting in there. Like I want to, like I'm going to respond. Actually, I, I, I'm going to test this out. I'm going to, I'm going to send back Yes, we met. And then something that, that, that infers a no, I don't want to meet. You follow me? So like, like yeah. the automated email reads that, that, you know, it's asking for a meeting. It reads that I said yes. Right. And then so that it moves me to the next step to schedule the meeting. So, so on and so forth. So you don't have to worry about your sales rep dropping the ball or this or that or and so I'm going to go ahead and, and just kind of, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to see what happens. You're going to throw up. <laughs> right. Um, and, and, so, the and, you know, and, and, and so what we're doing is, is we're, we're just, we're, I mean, anybody that spent any time on a chat bot with a chat bot knows what I'm talking about. Right. And I mean, I don't know about you, Mike. I hate chatbots now. I like to hate them. I, I told you, this is exactly, if we go back a year, this is exactly, it's the automated teller that phone systems built years ago and how we're all pressing zero. Like, give me to a real person, to an operator, to an operator. Um, because the chatbot experiences are horrible. And, and you know what, you know what we're missing out on? I know what I'm supposed to be talking about marketing AI conference and I'm, we're, we're talking about the application of it, but um, I, I'm going to get back because I've got some cool things to talk about that. Um, so, so here's something that a human does that, that um, no one else can do. Right? A human can curate. Now, someone's going to tell me, oh, no, it's like AI curates. And no, AI doesn't curate. AI filters. Do you know what I mean? You know, do you, do you, yeah, do you no, know what, like, I'm, 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 I'm following you. I mean, okay. a human can draw insight and, you know, also apply that to prior experience. So, so I, I'm, well, I'm, I guess some will argue that a computer can do the same thing with regards to prior experience. Well, well, I, see, I that, don't know about insight. But by the way, that's the perfect, right? A human can, can draw and think about the future. Stumbling on Happiness. I, I listened to this book, Stumbling on Happiness. Great book. And it talks about that humans are the only um, creatures on the planet that can think about the future. Others mimic, like, they, like you know, the monkey doesn't touch that because it's going to get electrocuted and it knows it doesn't want to get electrocuted. But that doesn't, that looks like it's assessing the future, but it's not. It's actually just pattern sourcing previous behavior right um and and so well i love how you picked the monkey but well there, there there's a great book um back when i seen a therapist he, he showed me a book um 
it's a little bit too technical. I actually probably would have bought it to, just to be able to say I read it. The, the title of the book is There's a Reason Mountain Lions Don't Get Ulcers. And, and the reason that mountain lions don't get ulcers is because mountain lions aren't at a stream on a beautiful day drinking water. And while they're drinking water, they go, huh, I wonder what would happen if a mountain lion came. I'm sorry, um, did I say mountain I wonder why, if a wildebeest or whatever, right? Yeah. Like, humans are the only ones that we're doing something today. And then we go- I'm thinking about what's gonna happen. I wonder about this, I wonder about that. And, and the problem is when we think about, oh, I wonder what would happen if my business fails? Like my, my reaction to thinking about what would happen if my business fails is like the same thing as if my business were failing. And so we, you know, but so curation is being able to, it's being able to hear what wasn't being said, being able to apply an experience that doesn't look like it has anything to do with what we're talking about right now. And so, so we can draw something out of nothing, right? And so I'm looking at, um, so, you know, we've hired some new people. Um, and, you know, it occurred to me, I got, an, I got a unique take on things. And, and, and we're doing a good job, I think, of, of teaching the team and the new people the unique take. But I also acknowledge that uh, I'm really good at, at smashing away at the um, extremes of common activities smashing away at the, you know, the myth of inbound marketing. But, but that doesn't mean I don't believe in inbound marketing, smashing at SES, you know, all, all these, you know, all the things that we do on, on the podcast. And, I, and it, it occurred to me, I'm like, you know, um, we're, because of that, we, we, we create a very jaundiced view of a world that, that we work and play in let's just say digital marketing, because that's what I was looking at today. Yeah. Um, and, and actually, because that, and also because I, like, I didn't come from a digital marketing background, that, that, you know, one of the things I like about smashing the myth is I get to figure out where the, where the falsehood is, but I also get to take the kernel of truth and apply it to something else to, you know, to do something different that, that you know, typically yields um, something reasonable. And so I said, you know, I should probably look, and I've heard a couple of good things from, from different places. I should probably look at different places to have, to have my team get more of that pure digital marketing education. Um, a little bit more of that belief, have, have them, you know, thinking about, because we're now, we're, we're looking to get to our next phase of growth and all, all those things, right? So I go to this and I'm looking around and I'm trying to, and, I, and so I'm, I'm, I'm wanting to understand, um, I want to know kind of what the pricing is just to understand, like, to know where would this fit? Is this something that would be like a full commitment? Is this something, is this something that's too much? Is this something that we would use to compliment? Like I got all these, um, all these things that are there, all these questions in my mind. Right. And the chat bot comes up or, or actually the chat widget comes up and I go, okay. Hmm. Okay. Right. Um, because it's perfect, right? Email is too desynchronous. I send an email and wait. Then you send an email and wait. Then I send an email back and all this. And it's like, like, so that- I'm, right. I'm following you. But the last fucking thing I want to do is talk to a salesperson about this because I'm going to get sell, 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 right? 
So I'm like, Chad, okay, cool. I can ask some questions. And if, and if they don't answer the questions that I'm asking purely from a, a question standpoint, I'm going to be like, well, you guys are a product. You're this, you're this, you're like, uh-huh. Isn't right. So, so I open it up and it's chatbot. And the answer and the, and, and the choice is, would you like to learn more? Would you like, would you like to learn more about how we can teach your team or something like that? Yes, I would. No, thank you. Those are my options. Right? What the fuck? You know what I'm saying? Like, like, obviously, is that conversational to you? And I'm like, no, it's a one sided conversation. I'm just like, so I guess I'm supposed to click yes. But oh my God, I'm going to click yes. Now I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to be thrown into something worse than a form. Right. Cause I'm going to get asked this question or, and, and, and here, and my first question was going to be, what's the pricing on this? And I'm pretty sure the response would be, well, that depends. Are you looking for something more programmatic? Are you looking for, for something that's more by event? Are you, you know, I'm like, you know, then I can begin to, to have a conversation, right? No, no. You know, the funny thing is I get it. I understand. You can't, they can't have somebody sitting there waiting for yahoos like me to come along and, and right. And so it's just like, man, let's just sell. Right. And so we're, we're, we're by chat botting everything. And this is where we're circling back to AI. We are totally blowing past the whole educational. Magic. The opportunity, right. The opportunity to educate and, and, and influence. And so my good friend, Pete Caputa, who, who I hope will agree that he's my good friend. I mean, I might not be his good friend, but he's- Nah, Pete hates you, man. I, I, I'm just kidding. Who, who is calling, you know, who has made the call that salespeople are increasingly irrelevant and will be, um, and, and, and to Pete, I would say, if that's the experience that companies are creating, you are 100% correct. 100%. Right. And, and, and this company, it's not huge. They're, one, they're run by a well-known guy. He's on the keynote stage talking about the humanity of digital marketing. Okay. Um, and we see companies staffing up their sales team and staffing up their sales team and staffing up their sales team. And, and no one, like there's two things that this company could have done to make my life easier. And, 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 and so what I've done is I've now shared the site with people on my team. I said, hey, go ahead, look at it, play around with it. If, there's, if you find things that are interesting, I've kind of put it on them to tell me if they want something, right? Yep. Now I can tell I you- that. missed out on the opportunity to, to, yeah. to influence Doug, who would be the one that eventually writes the check. Well- Right. And, and now, and by the way, if I were the one initiating it, you know what I can promise you if we were going to write a check? I promise you the check we'd be writing is probably going to be a lot bigger, a lot faster than the one if, if you know, because, you know, they're, they're going to wait. They're going to, you know, you, you, you kind of get what I'm saying. They, they, yep. they could have, 
they could have given me the answers on the website and we could forget the whole. I mean, I, I would make the argument if you design your website really well, then, then maybe the early parts of the chat experience might not be 100% necessary. Um, although actually, no, I take that back. Um, but what, what we're doing, so, so Doug, the, the conference was so good. I did something that I rarely do. I bought a book in the middle of the guy's presentation. Right. And, and I think he won me over because he was talking about commercials and he was telling about like this jeans commercial. And, and so what's the real message? Why you should buy my jeans? Well, you should buy my jeans because if I wear your jeans, I'm going to get late. That's what the guy, like literally that's, and I'm like, okay, yeah, I got, you know, right. And he, and he, and he was kind of talking about, you know, why are they going to, to this demo instead of this demo? And he's talking about, cause like, cause me, I'm married. I'm already getting late in the jeans that I'm wearing right now. So I don't need a new pair of jeans. Right. And, and, I mean, it's a little bit um, provocative, right? But it's true, right? That, I mean, at the end right, of the right. day, yep. that's, I mean, and if anyone doesn't believe me, then just study human psychology and, um, and, 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 and enough said. But, but one of the things he's talking about, so he, he, um, it's Doug Rushkoff. He's, he just came out with the book Teen Human. So I, I, I bought the book. He was doing a book signing right afterwards. And I'm like, well, how can I get him to sign my Audible? Like, do I bring my screen over and I just have them like take a magic marker and sign my? Uh, there you go. There's an app for you. Right. Have people sign their uh, their that's audible. You know, that's not. You know, I should have done that. I should have just had the, like, just I should have taken out my note. My note app. Put a docu sign thing, right? Yeah, yeah, on top of it. Yeah, that's exactly right, man. I have them, uh, just like have him write a note and then and then take out his signature and put it on a whole right. bunch of other things and. You know, I own your business, right? Um, anyways, <laughs> um, oh my God, we're going to get in trouble. So, I mean, what he's talking about is with technology, we're taking, we're taking the human element out of, out of everything, right? And, and in the name of bringing humanity in, we're taking it out, right? And, and the thing that scares me about that is we are playing the short game. Oh my God, we're playing the short game. And we, unfortunately, we've been playing the short game for a long time. See, I think, te I think technology accelerates the playing of the short yeah. game. Yeah, I, I did in, the name, in the name of the long game. See, it's funny. I think if you go back, like, and maybe I'm just, you know, overly idealistic and I'm pondering, you know, thinking about the good old days. So, so I actually have this crazy theory that, that, you know, historically, when capital was the limiting resource, we had to, we had to think the long game because it was too inefficient and costly to, uh, to, to play the short game, right? Um, and, and, and the problem is when you play the short game, the short game is win-lose. The long game can be win-win. It can be win-lose, right? By no means am I saying that the long game is win-win. And, and I'm not saying that we played the long game because we had altruistic people who wanted to play the long game and only did what they did because they wanted to make the world better. But it was kind of like if you didn't, there was no way to sustain that. Right. And like, I mean, and all you have to do is look at the stock market. Right. I mean, yep. you know, in, 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 if you take a look at, at some of the largest, most powerful hedge funds, if you take a look at the dominant volume traders um, that, that are institutional, they're, they're tech based in the, you know, you know what we call those people in the late 1990s? Hmm. We call them day traders. Yeah. And we laughed at them behind their back, right? We said, what a joke, day trader. 
why don't you get a real job? Right. Now, the people who were day trading, by and large, they were jokes, right? But, you know, because we said, look, you're going you're gonna to sit at your computer all day to take advantage of a one-eighth point move. Do you know how much money you have to put into play? And, and if something goes against you, how much that hurts you? Well, now we have all these high-speed trading algorithms. So I don't have to sit anywhere. And I can just and, – and I can move a billion dollars in and out. And, and like this is like if you've read – Microseconds, um, yeah. No, no, I, I used to actually work with a very large hedge fund. And it, the things that I learned were quite amazing what they would do from a compute perspective. If, if, if you read Michael Lewis's Flash Boys, let me tell you what. I, I've moved a billion dollars in and out before you had the opportunity to put your sell order in. Yep. Right? Microseconds. Um, right. And, and so, like, the, the short-term trading, you know, in the trading world, like, I mean, we used to, I used to talk when I was a financial advisor. I used to say, you know, the problem is when you listen to what Merrill Lynch's or Bank of America, how about that? I just picked two of the same company today. Back when I worked there, they were not the same company for the record. Um, you know, Morgan Stanley, Goldman, and they said, our outlook is, their outlook was always a one-year outlook. Like those, those institutions, it was always about max one year. Sometimes it was less than that. I said, so, so you know, so you got to be careful. That, that, that's a, I mean, we used to define trading as less than a year, right? Um, now, the, the more the trading, the greater the volatility. The greater the volatility, the less, um, the less wealth effect, right? It's actually, it's, it's a more, volatility is bad. Volatility hurts. So people would say things like, all those people do is they move paper in and they move paper out. They don't, they don't contribute anything, right? And they were wrong. Like the people who said that were wrong about that because what those people did was they created liquidity. If you didn't have all those massive traders going in, there, weren't, there wouldn't be enough people who would be willing to, to buy up your shares. Right. So, so yes, they brought volatility, but they also brought liquidity. These, these I'm in for less than a second. They don't bring liquidity. They don't bring anything positive except extract value from markets, right? And, and, and so we're, we're taking, you know, as we're taking the humanity out of things, and actually this guy, he had a great, he said, that, you know, the problem is we're auto-tuning human. We're auditing the human component out of everything we do. And, and, and he, he brought up two great examples. Like he, he talked about this. He said, what do technologists do when their AI is performing too efficiently, like it's performing so well that it's beginning to scare people? Or, it's, or even it's performing so well. Like one of the problems with, um, with autonomous vehicles was they began to find that they had problems um, you know, that, that the car was too efficient. It was always making the right decision. So yep. what do AI engineers do when, they're, when they see that happen? Right? They, they add chaos in, right? Which to them is they dilute the AI because it's not being human enough. Right? And, and his point was, they're saying that's a bug, right? We need to make our system dumber so that humans will be comfortable as opposed to realizing, no, that chaos complexity and randomness, 
That's not a bug. That's the feature of, of, of humans, right? And they talk about like the Facebook algorithm. And this is, like, this is where ethics becomes a huge issue. Um, so, so basically, you know, oversimplifying the whole thing, Facebook looks at you and based upon this criteria, they say, um, you know, amazing the predictive power. Like, I, I know you know the story about the, um, you know, Target got sued because they knew that the guy's daughter was pregnant before yeah. the guy knew that, right? Because mm -hmm. um, she was buying hand lotion, right? This makes it right. Oh, well. Um, and so they're like, hey, we know if you're fat and you're likely to go on a diet in the next 30 to 60 days. And, and like, basically, we know within an 80% likelihood of, of, of accuracy, whether or not you're going to go on a diet in the next 30 days, right? And he said, you know, if that's all it did, I mean, you can make the argument about whether it's, it's um, good, bad, or different. And this gets to the whole thing around data. And would you give advertisers permission to have access to your data if it meant you would get rel more relevant ads, right? Which... At one point, it sounded like it made sense to me, but increasingly, it makes less and less sense. But, right, I mean, instead of seeing, yeah, I mean, certainly, I'd rather see relevant instead of irrelevant, but here's what he said. Here's what he said. He said, it would be bad enough. I mean, it would be an interesting question if, you know, if that was all it did. But that's not all it does. Now, what it does is it begins to put messages in front of you to think diet more than you think diet, to influence you. To in, and I like to influence you, like you're going to start seeing the, the dangers of heart disease, what, what every pound of overweight is like. such, and, and, and the reason that they're doing it is because they want to get that 80% accuracy to 85% accuracy. They want to get the 85% to 90%, right? And, and so we're going to do it by causing you to think about something that you wouldn't be thinking about, right? And that's scary. Yep. Um, and and that's where um, that's where there's a big question. Just because we can do it, doesn't mean we should. We do it. And as we play the short game more and more, um, It's, it's like a really interesting variable. I, like, I don't know where, I don't. Well, there's I, one, I mean, you may. You I may, think we're all in the matrix. Right, there, there's gonna be less and less winners. The Googles, Facebooks, Twitters, they're gonna be the big winners. Much like the, you know, the hedge fund or day traders that, that had the, the faster computers and, the, and, 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 and literally those guys were spending it was who could spend more money to be closer to the trading machines from a pure data center footprint perspective. They were literally spending more money to be closer to NASDAQ's computers. Oh, right, right. Well, by, their, by, by literally feet. Oh, I know. Oh, right, right. So that they, so that they can make the trade that much faster. Correct. Correct. And so, so I actually read it. Why? Well, Partially read an interesting article last night. I haven't finished it. I partially. But there was some. Well, I, I saw a headline. Okay, I, saw I was it. like you today. I was like you today. A little or last night, a little bit of ADD going on. Um, some scientists at MIT. I forget the exact number. It was like either fifteen or seventeen 
publicly available data points, they can predict with 90% accuracy exactly who that person is. And, and, and by the way, everybody, what we're talking about is they can, they know who you are. They can predict your name and, and be right more than 90% of the time, right? And so for all of this, we anonymize our data, right? We aggregate the data, right? It's like, I, I believe, you know, data is, is the new oil. Um, data is the next battleground for privacy. Yeah. I mean, look at it. Who was it? The FTC or the Justice Department uh, last yesterday announced um, a new investigation into Google, Apple. Yeah, I would feel. I would. Now, feel, they're not going to uh, do anything, but. Well, well, they, they, yeah, they're. I mean, the the reality is, I would. That's feel a feel better, good thing. I would feel better if they were pursuing a pure antitrust driven for antitrust reasons. There's a lot of. Um, if you read their announcement, part of what we're part of what's driving it is the um, technology that the technology providers have a liberal bias. Yeah, right. It's not about no, they don't have a liberal bias. They have a Bitcoin in my back pocket bias. Um, yeah. I'm sorry, Bitcoin in their back pocket bias, right. uh, or Libra. Like, that's what I want. I want Facebook controlling a currency. That, that makes me feel safer. Yeah. Right. Hey, give us your data. No, no, we're going to take care of you. Um, I, and, you know, th this, is an, this is an interesting um, three-year thing for, bit, for marketing and, and business executives to have on their radar which is, um, you know, GDPR is going to look like, like nursery school pretty soon. And, and it's, it's interesting. Yeah, we're starting to see the fines. Come, well, you know. and, 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 so and, I mean, ad, ad tech, I, I, I'm telling you right now, call it, ad tech is fucked. Like, that whole industry is absolutely screwed. If I, if I were an ad tech owner, you know, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, except for the fact that every time I've ever heard so-and-so who is going to be, who has been screwing you is going to be screwed. Um, what I find is they just find a new way. A new way to screw you. <laughs> um, it's true. And, and, and what you find is, like, here's what scares me. You, you know who's screwing the hell out of the ad tech people? The, the Facebooks and the Googles? You know why? Because they're just going to fucking buy them. Yep. Right? So, you know, they're screwing them in the name of protecting us, but really they're just, you know, choking them off, and then they're going to build it into – that's why the interesting play here um, – and, you know, everybody – not everybody, but there are a lot of people that I know that, that they get on Tim Cook like – um, my, 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 my favorite silly complaint is he need, you know, Apple needs another Steve jobs. Who doesn't? <laughs> Seven cents needs a Steve jobs. How many, how many Steve jobs have there been in my lifetime? One. Yep. One. But, 
here's the and, and and tell you i might be wrong like i don't know enough to know if i'm i'm, I'm right on this we always say this is like sports radio um about business this is like ultimately like i don't know that there's any application to what we're talking about but it's stuff that people should be aware of uh so i hope i hope people are listening um apple is really building some interesting um privacy protection for for its users like what the the next um you know ios 13 you see iOS 13, if, if the number's not in your, in your contact list, it just goes straight to your voicemail. Yep. Which like, I don't think voicemail actually exists anymore though. Like, I think, I think it leaves a message and you record it, but like, like you can't access voicemail on your phone. Can you? Like they, they took that off. Right. <laughs> I, obviously I'm kidding, but I, I can't remember the last time I, I, I actually listened to voicemail or, um, I, I, my brother called me, left me a voicemail. I called him back without checking the voice. He's like, did you listen to the voicemail? I'm like, did I listen to my voicemail? I, 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 always, start, I always start off with that. Hey, I, didn't, I, I did not listen to your voicemail. I I, I'm like, I, well, see, I used to start off like that. I'm like, Donald, do we still have to do that? I still have to tell you, no, I didn't listen to your voicemail. <laughs> uh, <laughs> can, you hear me, can you hear me now? Well, I mean, I, you, you called, I called you back. What, I mean, if, if, and by the way, if you didn't want me to call you back, then you should have texted me. Um, so... So, so anyways, so they're building a lot of, um, um, Safari has, has pretty good ad blocking from what I understand. And, and as so, and so far as I can tell I me, mean, they're building their app store. And I know, I know they're, I mean, they got their hands in your, in your pocket there, but they're not, they're not really, I mean, are, are they, are they doing anything on the, on, like a, a la Facebook or Google or anything else on the ad side? I don't think they are until somebody else comes along and says, Hey, we need another ad stream or we need another revenue stream from you. And they've got this huge, I mean, all of these companies are just building massive moat, like massive insurmountable moats with the data that they're collecting on you. I don't know if you've ever gone in the innards of your phone and I forget how you turn it off, but you can go look at like where well, you've been for the past, like, you know, six months and it gives you like spot on, even if you put it in airplane mode, it's still fucking oh, no, yeah. you've been. Yeah. But, but I also, I, and, and I, I mean, it's funny. I was talking to one of the guys at, at, um, at the conference and we're like, you know, yeah, we need to pay more attention to it. Like, I, I think I'm pretty astute about this until I talk to my friends in cybersecurity and they, they act like I'm still sucking my thumb when it comes to, um, but so I, I joked in the presentation that I made, um, I, you know, I was talking about Jeff Bezos and then like, I'm like, you want to know a guy who plays the long game? Jeff Bezos plays the long game. Um, yeah. And let me tell you, Jeff Bezos convinced everybody that he was building a bookstore. Um, I think, see, see, I, one of two things are going to happen, right? We're going to have massive government regulation. To, which is going to stifle everything. Which, which, which will stifle a lot but I don't see massive regulation coming anything approaching the near term. No, I t totally agree. 100%. Because they're, they're, I mean, frankly, there's, we're so busy fighting over stupid shit that, that something. Yeah, there's, and not only that, there's not enough smart people in government today to, to make those, well, the, 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 those you know, policies and distinctions. Here, here's the thing I'll say. You, 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 you want to hear my number one statement for, um, and I know I've got some friends who are going to tell me I'm full of shit here, but you want to hear my statement for the, for the pro of, of government regulation, a success story of government regulation. Um, 
is is the financial markets from from the sixties um, up to Sarbanes um, up to uh, not Sarbanes Oxley. I'm sorry, up to I for, I forget the um, you know when when we deregulated to the point where where we got rid of the you know, where, where banks could become investment houses. And I, I can't believe I'm going, but if you take a look at that, they, A, because of the threat of regulation, financial institutions stepped up and said, we will self-regulate and not self-regulate like Boeing self-regulated, mm-hmm. like real legit self-regulation. Now that died down as, as the deregulation and the teeth started coming out more and more. But I can tell you when I was at Merrill Lynch and I had a lot of other friends at other places, like when you talked about compliance, that was legit compliance. Like they did not let you do things. Um, they got weaker and weaker because you had to, because all of a sudden other people could do things and now you were at a, at a disadvantage. So you had, you had self-regulation and self-oversight because of the threat with enough oversight to, to keep that driving, you know, to, to, to keep teeth in there. And the, the, the two things that destroyed it were the deregulation and, and I won't name the two events, but there were two events where, um, you know, laws were broken badly. Walter Forbes with CUC is one and, and uh, Michael Saylor with, um, with yeah. MicroStrategy. I said I went MicroStrategy. I'm sorry. I, I hear I said I wasn't going to name them. I couldn't help it. Um, they didn't go to jail. Hell, Michael Saylor still runs his company. Yeah. Yeah. I just I just read a um an article a couple months ago about his yacht and he had I'm sure it's a different yacht but he had just bought an amazing yacht because I had some friends that were on his yacht when when all yeah, the he, throw, he throws massive parties and yeah right and and so the problem became like here are these people that like just flat out lied broke the law everything and I mean Walter Forbes left with a 37 million dollar severance package and um you know and 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 so so those two things um, took the teeth out of it and and, and you know. So like I agree with Mark Benioff, right? Benioff has, has stood up and said, "Look, we got to start self-policing this, or the government's going to have no choice." Now I think that the that where we are for that type of regulation is so we're in such a screwed up place that that I just don't see it happening. Um, I don't see it happening. Yeah, and then what's it, well, you're right. I mean, then what's going to happen is the pendulum's going to swing too far. Well, towards the regulation side, and then we're going to have the current state of banks, which is you know, there's can't get anything done. Well, well, see, here's the second thing that I think is going to happen that I think in many ways is going to be worse than regulation. We're going to take it into our hand. We're going to take it into our own hands. Right. And, and this is where I think maybe Tim Cook is, is potentially a genius. At, well, I mean, he's extraordinarily, like, I mean, he's a genius. He's a genius. Right? Yeah. You know, complaining about Tim Cook compared to Steve Jobs is like saying, um, you know, um, whoever the number two player on the, uh, on the Golden State Warriors. Man, that dude sucks. Um, so anyway, but I, but where, where the genius of, of, cause you know, Apple's lost that. I mean, there's the keyboard sucks. They, um, the, the gadgetry of the iPhone, like in some ways the galaxy has more gadgetry, has more wow. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. But you know where the iPhone blows away Android blows away any Android device. Blows it away. What? Just works. What what other place that just blows it away? Privacy. Yeah. I think Tim Cook is building. If you want to get it, if you want to get an app approved through the app store, I can tell you firsthand it is not easy. It it, it is. Whereas, 
with and so, Android far, far easier, far, far easier to actually access data on an Android device. So I remember, I remember Bill Gates said he wanted to put a toll booth on the information superhighway. That's how you make money. If I can get a penny out, right. And, and so if you look at the app store and the services where, where they take their percentage, um, and you want to talk about company that thinks platform. I think Apple right now thinks platform, certainly from a technology standpoint, like Amazon thinks platform online, offline, like Amazon views. I think Amazon's the number one platform play, which takes the platform off of just the technology. But I think what Apple is doing is, is building a user based tool that's saying you will control your data. Now I know, but uh, see that's uh, I I disagree, and and Google's doing more of the same stuff nowadays, where it's like, oh, you will control more of your data, but then on the back end of that, they're putting all kinds of things in place that but, don't so look, you control your data, so that they're creating a moat around that data. So right, so, but so hold on. Beget, beget, or becomes bigger and bigger and bigger for Google, even though me as a person, I want better access to that data. How does, how does Google monetize the, the, their data? They don't know. Well, they, they monetize it today in, 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 in more or less ad revenue, things like that. But right. there's a right, but longer term, you know, there's guys in the background that are having secretive confidential meetings about how they're eventually all the ways that they could monetize this stuff. So what if, and I'm, and I'm not saying they're there and, and, and I'll tell you, if Apple doesn't do it, someone's going to do it. I mean, look at, look at case, case in point. I don't know if you've looked at HubSpot sales pro today. They are no longer going to be reporting on location tracking via HubSpot sales pro. That is not HubSpot turning that off. That is Google turning off that access to HubSpot. Okay, I, I, I'm not sure what that has to do with what I'm saying, but. But well, anyway, again, these bigger companies are, are and I think Apple's doing some of the same stuff where they're creating a moat around the data that they're collecting on you. So eventually they can, or potentially, monetize that data they're not giving you your own they're not giving you the ability to say don't track any of this well they they are in places and 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 and, and it's early innings and we might yeah. not be personally but but just stay with me just let me let me put okay. out my, my model here for a second um the it's it all i'm saying is if you're making a case at apple is, is, is not one of the evil uh, companies. I, I, I'm, that's, where, that's where I'm going to disagree. Well, I, I don't, I'll, I'll, I'll pick on Apple in, in another place. And, and I don't even yeah. necessarily mean to make this about Apple. But, so, but Apple, Apple's view of the future is services. Right? Uh, what, what type of services? Um, App Store, music services, Apple TV, all the all these pieces. Like like right now, if you use an app 
Um, I, I think there might be a couple exceptions. Okay, I, 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 get, I get what you're saying. Right. Yeah, okay. okay. Yeah, absolutely. So, so and, and I'm not saying Apple's giving me my, da my data, but Apple is in places, um, the iPhone is in places, and, and with, with iOS 13 coming out, I know there's a lot of the advances are, are going to be in this place. Um, and, and, and while there's still shit that's happening on the App Store, they're on the leading end of, of restricting those things. What if the Apple device was the place where my data was most protected? So I bought the, I bought that. And because if you want a human being to use your thing, you, you have to be on a device, whatever the next device might be. And, and so if you want that access, the way they're going to monetize it by building the mode around data and not, not making it as, and I'm not saying it's, I'm not saying that, that, that it's, it's going to be a blackout, but, but tighter, you know, if, if the iPhone becomes the thing that, that makes my data safer, that, that protects, you know, it, it, it what's going to come out is, you know, in addition to all the data science that's happening, it's also the neuroscience that's combining it that actually gets into how we make decisions in ways that we don't even know that we make decisions. And so as that data gets, as that data moves out more and more, people are influenced. I mean, it, it makes subliminal advertising look, look, look silly. Yeah. What I'm talking about is be, because of the impact of that, I mean, we're either going to become the matrix or someone's going to stand up and, and, I mean, on one hand, we're the matrix. That's one extreme. The yeah. other, the other side of the the extreme is revolution, right? Les Mis. We'll have a nice little opera, um, right? Somewhere in the middle is someone coming out and saying, um, "Wait, maybe there's money in protecting your data." And and think about Gen Z. Forget millennials. Think about Gen Z. Think about how sophisticated Gen Z is. They, they get how screwed up this stuff is. Um, and I mean, I'm on team human, right? That's why I bought the book. I'm on team human, man. Um, that, so, so I actually, so my, 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 my point getting to this whole um, thing is worse than regulation is fragmentation. And, and so we're going to have tremendous. I would not, I would not argue with that whatsoever. And, and I mean, there is no question that people are paying more and more attention to their data. Yep. And, 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 and to that data seepage and, and actually breaches. Like it used to be, we were worried about our data because we'd get breached and someone would get my social security number. That's not what's scaring people as much anymore. We're not be, I mean, the whole Cambridge Analytica thing, the whole, you know, as, as those things are, are coming out and we're going what and like because our generation controls this all this whole cambridge analytica thing it's a sci-fi movie right because it's still not real right like I, um i i saw something that if, if facebook if you like five things on facebook it knows as much about you as one as your best friend when you were a kid 
10 things it knows as much about you as your college roommate. If you like 20 things, it knows more than um, your siblings. It knows you better than your siblings know you. And like, if you like 75 things, it knows you better than your spouse knows you. Right? That's kind of scary, isn't it? No, of course it is. So like, I don't like things on Facebook, like, especially, um, like, I don't, I, I mean, I, I don't, I don't interact at all on Facebook and, and I was never big on it. And I, I feel like LinkedIn and, and Twitter but, are more or less, they're necessary evils. But like, like, look at, look at what happened with FaceApp. I know we're way over time, but look at what happened with FaceApp. I joked around. I, I used to think I was an early adopter. Um, it was like, what was it a day? Like in one day, FaceApp became the hottest thing in the world. And then before the day was over, you were an idiot. You were an idiot. You just gave all your data to the Russians. Right. right. And then, then it turned out the company's been around for five years, right? Yeah. But, but 24 months ago, that, that wouldn't have happened. I didn't even, I mean, I don't think I would have used FaceApp because it, that type of thing doesn't really appeal to me. But I, like, I was in a meeting or something during the day. I think I actually was at the conference. All of a sudden I got on and I started seeing all this shit about FaceApp. And I'm like, what, huh? What's, at first I thought it was like making a joke about Facebook or, you know, doing the building. Yeah, I didn't know what the hell it was. Right. And I'm like, holy cow, it, it's already gone from, this is annoying the crap out of me because everyone is putting up these stupid photos of what they're supposedly going to look like when they're 92 years old to, you oh, dumb shit. idiot, you just, you right. know, the Russians now know everything about you. I'm like, hey, I got news for you. They knew everything about me before. Um, that, like, that would not have been, that would not have happened a year ago, two years ago. That that that, that quick of a backlash. Yep. Look, look at what's happening with Superhuman, and I think the thing you're talking about with um, with HubSpot is more related to Superhuman. Do you know about the whole thing with Superhuman? Yeah, no, no, I do. I do. Right? With, uh, with Open because so they people are just not aware that that's well. Well, see, the, I think the reason was was that Superhuman is moving to the is is moving to the consumer. Superhuman is an e-reader. All these yeah. other tools were part of business applications. Yeah, right? and that, 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 that is absolutely spot on. Right, and and so Superhuman stood up and said, "We're going to take location out after the privacy piece came about." So some of what Facebook is doing might be driven from. You mean HubSpot? I mean, uh, yeah. Um, what did I say? Facebook. Yeah, they're they're sure as I'm not doing anything to protect us. Right. You know, when 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 the news about the worst breach of privacy is a five billion dollar fine, and people go, "Yeah, they had already budgeted that." You know, there's a problem. I'm old enough to remember when five billion dollars meant something, right? Um, and so. You know this whole and, thing and, and, and they have to hire a team of lawyers. And, and, and now, at at the same time, unquestionably, what we're also able to do is we as humans are able to protect ourselves. And I do believe I think I think ad blocking is finally going to hit the point where it's a real thing. And and the reason I think it's going to hit the you know why I think ad blocking is going to finally um, cross the realm to reality. Hmm. I think people are scared. I think we're moving to the paranoid side even, but I think we're scared that when that ad shows up on our browser, what's it learning about me? 
Where you see, did you see how fast the news came out about the the um, the flaw in in Zoom with the camera on on Mac devices? Yeah. yeah. I mean, that thing went from no one knew about it to it came out to um, to Hannah's dad told Hannah about it to tell me about it because I had a Mac. To the next day, they released a patch, and they changed the whole program. And it's a pain in the ass now because I have to, I now understand the extra click that they were talking about. And I remember when I didn't have to do that click, I was like, "Hey, wow, this is really cool." And you know, I'm I'm of the belief that if someone wants to hack into my camera and see me, that's going to cause them a hell of a lot more pain than it's going to cause me. Because trust me, if I don't know my camera's on, I am not doing anything that you would want to see. Right. And, and you're not going to black me with, uh, with any of it because I'm not going to care about that either. So, um, but anyways, I'm sorry, I digress, right? So, so you got all these issues coming about. And so someone's going to stand up and say, um, I'm taking back my humanity, right? And it's going to start small, but, but, but it's going to mushroom. And, and it feeds to what we were talking about earlier, which is we're chatbotting the hell out of our go-to-market we're taking the human out of it, right? Salespeople don't know how to react anymore if you're not, like if you're totally against it, they know what to do. And if you're like, where do I sign? They know what to do. If you're anywhere in between, have you talked to a salesperson recently? If, if you're not, and I'm talking about like, I'm not talking about a car salesman, I'm talking about. Like, uh, right, SaaS, yeah, SaaS. Well, SaaS and even so, you know, a little right, bit, yeah. it's like, I know what to do if you're ready to buy. I know what to do if you never want to talk to me. You, you mean you don't understand? I don't. I don't know what to do if you don't understand it. What do you mean you don't? You don't have your you don't have your credit card available? Like, but... hey, let me show you my phone app. It does phone things. It's like like you should see what our engineers did. You can transfer a call. I'm like really, I can transfer a call? No way. You can record calls. No way. Um, right? So we got to start. Like, how about this? This made more of an impact on me than I thought. We got to start bringing the human back in our marketing. We got to start. You know, get, uh, Dave Gearhart talks about this more and more. Um, you know, he talk, I, I, I hate the word brand because it means so many weird things. But it's like... It, we're not that far away from you will not be able to I'm do you remember Faith Popcorn Faith Popcorn No she was a famous uh, futurist that's back when futurist was the title um and so so she wrote about future trends and one of the things she talked about was cocooning and it's one of the reasons why houses were getting bigger and bigger. And what we were doing is we've been building our cocoons, you know, and caller ID. Remember, remember life before and after caller ID? Yes. Oh my God. What the, I don't understand why I waited like two years to get caller ID. I remember when I'm like, caller ID, who would pay for that? Then all of a sudden I got it and I'm like, here, Danny, it's your mom. Here, Danny, it's your mom. <laughs> I still remember like we had caller ID for a year and for whatever reason, like Danny needed me to use the phone and it was her mom. And I'm like, Oh, hey, Carla. She's like, Doug, I haven't talked to you in forever. I can't, you know, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't by accident. <laughs> That's because of caller ID. I hope, I hope Danny's mom's not listening. Um, wait, and, and so those things are happening. And so when we think about ourselves as marketers, 
when we think of ourselves as sales people, we got to have insights. Because you know what AI is going to do and this mass battle around all this data crap? A, it's going to create a market for data protection, right? So, so some of those technologies will come because I'm going to want to, I'm going to want some armor. Um, but, but it also will, um, you know, and especially for, for small mid-market companies, there's this battle happening up here. Like, you know, let, they're, they're fighting, let, let, let them do that. We have got to be relevant, right? We have got, like, if, if we don't, um, if we don't resonate with somebody before somebody needs something, you know who wins the game? Amazon. Amazon. And, and, and the funny thing about Alexa and all these things that Amazon's doing is they're getting people to play the, you know, they're running further and further to post intent, buyer intent data. Like there's this great, um, great really research piece from Aberdeen Research about um, buyer intent data. And what came out was what buyers are saying is they need help early in the process before they know what they want. Right. I think, I think the report was called making sense out of buyer, buyer intent data. Um, and, and so if we're not relevant beforehand, you know, and you know, you know how, you know how they cook a frog, right? You know how to cook a frog. Do you know how to cook? No, a frog? I don't, I, I, no, I don't know how to cook. You, you put it, you put a frog into cold water and you slowly turn up the temperature. Um, Frogs are cold-blooded animals, so they, if it's gradual, they don't notice it. Whereas if you were to put a frog into boiling water or if you were to heat the water up too fast, the frog would jump out. At least metaphorically speaking, I'm not 100% true that that's actually- Well, I could also just put a, put, a, put a top on it. But, but, it <laughs> but, but it's the whole point of, of you know, right. when you think change happens in these big steps. You're right, yep. And so- I'm seeing it already because I'm seeing margins come down. I'm seeing the fight that salespeople have to fight is harder. I'm seeing the one of three problem. I'm seeing all these things that are happening that are all proof of the fact that our sales machine is getting weaker and it's getting weaker because we're less present early. Um, and, and we're being defined, we're being defined by Amazon. We're being defined by IBM. We're being defined by, we're being defined by the commoditizer. We're being defined by the company that wants it to be safest choice wins, right? And, and we're, we're playing ourselves to, to our weakness. And the scary thing is we're doing it thinking we're taking advantage of the new game as opposed to, um, and this is what I said. We're in actually my creating weaknesses. Yeah. This is and, and, insight. And, and I think about, you made a very, very critical comment three minutes ago. And that is all I keep thinking about is the way that I can, that we can change the game is by purely just being human. Yeah. Well, and, and, and so what, what I said in my, in my speech and, and what I would say here is technology is an accelerator. That's all it is. That is probably all it will ever be in, in anybody listening to this in your business career. So you need to figure out what is your game and then apply technology to your game. 
The problem is, is we're making technology the game. The game. And we lose. And by the way, we all lose. Every one of us. As technology increasingly becomes the game, we're in a lose-lose paradigm. With the exception of the folks like Amazon that are going to win. Well, but, but, but so... Amazon is a corporation. Um, who's the human? Have you noticed that these guys that are like the sickest, richest Silicon Valley bastards on the planet, have you noticed what they all have in common? They're not on tech that much. They're all buying, they're all buying islands. They're buying... Yeah. Uh, they're buying they're buying they're they're buying fifty million dollar houses with with sixty feet fences right to keep the world out right that that's not so like as amazon wins um, we we become less human. And, and, and I am not anti-Amazon. I think Amazon, I love Amazon. I think Amazon brings a tremendous amount of value to the table. But we got to bring the humanity back into the game or I'm, there, we got to end this. There was some Silicon Valley nut job guy. He says, I want to invest in an American company. Again, I'm only going to invest in China. You know why he said that? You know what, what led it to it? Americans complain about, about a 40-hour work week. The Chinese don't complain. They work every day, 10 hours a day at least. You know what I wanted to say to that guy? I wanted to, I wanted to find him and go, fuck you. Right? Um, How is that I, even human? You're, if that, if they, correct. Well, you're more or less a fucking slave. Correct. Right? So I, you, know, you need to be able to talk to your customer whenever your customer wants to talk. If you, if you can't chat with your customer from your phone, it's too late. Someone said that. I'm like, fuck you. If my customer wants to talk at 1030 at night. And you know what the funny thing is? If you take a look at all the shit about life that matters. Do you know what 24 hours means to anything about life that matters? Nothing. Yeah. Right. And, and so, um, so figure out the game that you play. Play that game. Use the tools. Don't let the tools use you. That's my takeaway from, um, from the Marketing AI Conference. So you know what was funny? I didn't realize it until I had this conversation. The net of the conference was bring the marketing back. Interesting. Right. Remember when marketing was storytelling? Right. Yeah. Whoa. Marketing was creating great copy. Right. I mean, marketing was more human. Marketing was be remarkable. And create an incredible experience. So there you go. Um, Wow. I had no idea how long we went, but I know we went long. You think anyone's going to make it to, to this part of the episode? I don't know. Maybe. Well, you know, it's, it's college Jesus is like, um, people are going to be driving long distances, take their kids to college. This is the perfect episode. 
And that'll do it on this edition of the Black Line Podcast. Until next time. Until next time.